The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. guys mighty joe morin here of the turnbuckle talk podcast but i am not here to talk about professional wrestling today for a change and uh i am not surrounded by my my usual co-hosts or uh or whatnot uh i am actually joined by mr stevie richards from over in the homie media group welcome to htm tech sir Thank God we don't have to talk about wrestling. Right. Turned out I am done and I love to forget about it until I have to watch it on Monday. Right. Thank you. It's a, it's a nice little break from the, from the usual for sure. Now, before we get into uh, talking about all the, um, the specifics, uh, with these new Macs and everything, one thing, one really cool thing that they did at the end of this announcement, Stevie, is they brought back an old thing that, uh, the old PC guy versus Mac guy commercials. Uh, so before we get into the discussion, I'm going to play a little clip here for everybody. Uh, wait, 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 stop. Hang on. Wait. Uh, one more thing. Hi. I'm FEC. Is there time for questions? Good, because I have one. Why? Why? Why make all these advancements? What's the point? Right? Oh, you're so quiet now. Look, I'm a machine. I'm proud of it. That's my fan. Longer battery life. Plug it in. Where are you going? Just plug it in. Fast. I'm fast. I'm still fast. Check it out. Still got it. PC. Still got it. I've always been there. I always will be. Fast. Okay. My battery's drained. I gotta go plug in. Good luck. Woo! Outlet! So they brought back John Hodgman from the the, the Mac guy versus PC guy. Uh, I have a feeling that that uh, is something that they're gonna make a norm again, which I thought was a pretty cool little touch at the end of the presentation there. Yeah, I mean, it was a good callback, as Ben would call it. Uh, it's it's funny because they just got people to really sort of forget about the one more thing mantra. Mm-hmm. And they're bringing it back. Because that's a hell of a thing that you need to always have one more thing. And now they have to, they kind of back themselves right back into that corner now every <laughs> time they have an event. Yep. But in the case of this event, Stevie, we didn't have one more thing. We actually had three more things here, which was uh, interesting. Uh, they decided to go with uh, the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro, the thir- the thirteen inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini, which I think nobody saw coming. And uh, so, before we kind of get into the details here, man, what, what do you think about uh, you know choosing these particular products and uh, this uh, move away from the Intel uh, processors? I was a little shocked because I thought the MacBook Air would have been the end of the presentation. Mm-hmm. So the fact they didn't string out and go MacBook Pro, Mac Mini in 2021 in two separate events or try to do that kind of stuff. The fact that they threw everything out there, get two different impressions. The first one is on the positive side, obviously, now you have a choice. Now, what that choice is, because the M1 chip and what it's offering, especially on the two laptops, looks identical. So what am I getting for the extra $400? Uh, $9.99 to $12.99, so $300. Yep. CTE kicks in, so my math gets all screwed up. <laughs> On the negative side, let's remind everybody, 
Have you ever bought a Rev A device from Apple? Hmm. Typically, typically I kind of stay away from the first gen stuff just to see how things kind of uh, work out. But, uh, but yeah, uh, what's interesting is that they're still kind of offering that Intel option. So they're, they're kind of playing to both sides. You know, there's the, this, if you're excited and if you're a little bit scared, we still got the, the Intel option there for you. So I like that they, at least they didn't completely ax it. Well, I think the Intel thing is more, might be a legal or contract binding thing with Intel rather than trying to have a soft kind of thing. Cause they have Rosetta. So they, they yeah. everything translates already. I think this is mainly to please Intel and fulfill their contract. But the negative end of it, I want to be more specific about that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I'm just much like you. Like when I see something, it might benefit me. And I'm like, oh, that's great. It, it's going to have every feature of my iPad Pro, but I'm going to be able to run Final Cut Pro. I'm going to be able to do Ecamm Live, StreamYard, yep. all these different things. It's, a, it's a literally a Mac operating system that also runs iOS apps. You know, so I look at that and I'm like, that's tempting, but three different products means three times more early adopters, three times more unofficial, non-paid. As a matter of fact, you're paying Apple yep. to be a beta tester. Yep. That's, that's an accurate, that's look at it. it's an accurate statement, especially with the new operating system, which I, I believe some people can actually uh, get today if they want with a uh, big Sur. Um, we're moving away from OS 10. I believe big Sur is actually 11. Uh, it's going to be the first in that line. And it's, it's bridging that gap between uh, what's now Mac OS and what's iOS. So we're getting closer and closer to things being unified because now we can run iPad and iPhone apps on these things. Yeah. Something like that. See, this is the thing with, we still don't have a touchscreen. So that's something that I think will never come to the Mac because you'll cannibalize the iPad Pro. Now on my YouTube channel, and I may pick it up again, especially now, Mm -hmm. I had a playlist, iPad Pro as a laptop replacement because it fascinated me. You know why? And this may be right now, what you have now is more like an iPad and I can live with that. But soldered on SSD, soldered on RAM, my laptop experience in the past has always been MacBook Pro means you could get a data doubler, you can take out the DVD drive, <laughs> you can do all these different things yep. to configure it to be a pro device. Also thermals, which they may solve with this, who knows? But I still there's a there's a certain dare I say it, it's kind of like what I talk about with Fire Pro Wrestling. <laughs> there's a certain heart to use in the iPad. There's a certain yeah. amount of ingenuity within myself to do something like, you know, and for me, it's something as simple as with the iPad, I do cardio almost every day mm-hmm. on my spin bike. And I put the iPad pro up there. I can't do that with a laptop. No, I can, I can buy the magic keyboard, which is overpriced, but it is, I used it and it was pretty damn cool, Joe. So yeah. you get the functionality. I just, I just look at this type of thing and it makes me almost want to try the iPad pro even more to see what I can squeeze out of it. Well, it's so ultra portable and, and it's, it's so powerful and so capable that, uh, you know, I, I totally get it. I mean, uh, even in not being able to customize, uh, right now I'm on a, a late, uh, either a, a late or mid 2017, um, iMac. And, um, I love the thing. It's great. It's fantastic. It does everything that I need it to do and does it very capably, but I'm, I'm locked in. I, I can't get into this thing, Stevie. I can't upgrade. I can't even do anything with the Ram on this particular unit. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah I ha- it's a, um, it's a 21 inch and, um, it's um, one that it's, it's completely sealed up. 
And uh, again, I love the thing, but uh, I'm stuck with what I got. Well, I, that's why for me, and you probably listened to Ben and myself for mm-hmm. how many was I stuck on a 2014 27 inch iMac because I did upgrade the memory. It was user upgradable to 32. Yep. I, I, but the port situation was just killing me. And also I had a hard <laughs> drive in there instead of an yeah. SSD. You have a 5,400 RPM, you have a laptop drive from the old days and that yep. 21 inch. So I finally broke down. There was a sale. I got a 27 inch i9. I put 64 gigs of memory in it. I, you know, third party, obviously I got a one terabyte SSD. I got my two Thunderbolt threes. And I also got a Cal digit Thunderbolt plus dock. And this thing is good till the Apple comes with the Apple cops and takes it from me. <laughs> well, and we'll discuss the, the poor kind of situation a little bit too, because I mean, uh, with us being content creators, I mean, we, we hook up things to these devices, right? And uh, I'm sure you're in the same boat as me. Uh, my ports are completely filled at the back, right? I've got I've got an external uh, backup five terabyte hard drive backing up all our all our content. I got my mixer. I got the uh, the better webcam because the webcam isn't too great on these iMacs, and you know so the ports are filled up. But we're getting into these new devices because that's definitely uh, been an issue for a while, and it's going to be an issue with these particular devices. Um, one thing that uh, I kind of pull up uh, the graphic here, and I want to start talking about this M1 chip a little bit here, and I'm going to pull up this graphic just to kind of illustrate uh, the point. We're talking six, Stevie, 16 billion transistors on this tiny little chip. It's the whole system is on this little chip. 16, that number kind of blew me away. This is the gigahertz wars again. See, Apple never used to give specs. Yep. I don't know how I feel about this. I understand. And this is, this is Skynet level technology. It really is. But I really look at the optimization of the software more than anything. And iOS with the iPad Pro and the way you can just, the user interface and how quick things happen. Now, when they compared it to an iPad Pro, talking about the M1, talking about the cores as far as CPU and GPU, I'm looking at that going, Wow. My iPad Pro sometimes is faster than my <laughs> iMac. My yep. iPad Pro is definitely faster than a MacBook Pro in a lot of uh, sense. Could be. Oh, dude, I'm tempted. When they had to order and get it next week, I need a laptop to be able to stream uh, shows from the home gym. Yep. This iMac is just too much of a pain in the ass. So I was yep. like, that's a possibility, but... And even uh, in uh, the, the planning of uh, talking about all this kind of stuff, I was talking to our friend, uh, Mr. Michael Jargo, who's also a, uh, an Apple guy as well. And uh, he was kind of on the fence. I was talking about this stuff. And then he actually, I think he was at work at the time, and he actually watched part of the presentation. And it's like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. I work a night shift at my day job, quote unquote. And he sends me a message. He's like, I, I saw this Mac Mini. He's like, I think I might have to buy this thing. <laughs> right? And um, But I, I, as a caution, I was like, dude, there's only like two USB ports on this thing. They, they, well, there's a couple of the, the regular USB-A, the, the standard ones that we think of, but only two of these USB-C ones. So as powerful as these devices are for, for people like us who are content creators and we're hooking up external things to these machines, um, it's a painful process right now because we're kind of in dongle hell or otherwise we have to kind of work around this kind of stuff. It's, it's a bit of a pain with these things, as cool as they are. It is. I, I would say that this Cal digit that I've researched for probably a good year, the Thunderbolt Plus mm-hmm. gives me like four or five USB A's, gives me, I think, another Thunderbolt or two Thunderbolts, gives me audio, gives me USB C. 
mm-hmm. gives me a lot of different stuff to use on this. And I, you know, I also have uh, a USB-C dock for my iPad Pro that I can plug into the back of the iMac. I can, I can essentially have. I have two SD card slots. Yep. iMac, Cal Digit is US uh, UHS two. Then I also have a UHS two in my USB uh, one for the iPad Pro. So I can I can essentially just throw all three of my uh, camera angles for, I say, a workout video and bring them all in at the same time <laughs> to the SSD, yep. which I actually have an external SSD as a scratch drive. They're Thunderbolt 3, by the way. They're not USB-C. For people that are wondering, all these devices that Mac Mini is Thunderbolt 3. So once you hook up a CalDigit, you do have the iMac ports. Right. Now, what we need to interpret, Joe, see, we're from the old school, I'm sure. <laughs> when you're talking about... RAM, what do we think? Mm-hmm. Sticks. Yep. We're thinking of user, we're thinking of the soldered RAM. Yep. Now, this RAM is more like what the iPad RAM, which has six gigs and it flies. Yep. So we're talking about an eight or 16, which is if you're talking about the iPad to iPad ratio of RAM speed, I don't know, man. That's that's pretty damn fast. And uh, I'm going to throw up another guy. We'll, we'll get into kind of some more numbers and some details here. I'm going to throw this one up. And uh, they are, are claiming, and uh, this is the, uh, I believe that they're talking about all three. We're talking the Mac Mini, um, the, the uh, sorry, the MacBook Pro and the uh, the MacBook Air, claiming to be five times faster than the top-selling uh, PC desktop. I don't have the, the other graphic, but they're also claiming to be quicker and higher perf- higher performing than 98% of the other PC computers out there. That is a bold claim to make. It's hard though, because you're talking about our top selling PC desktop. Uh, is that that's definitely probably not a custom build. No, that's not a Ryzen uh, thread ripper. No. Who but, knows? I mean, are you talking about the top Intel one? It's all in the wording, right? It's uh, it's all in, in how things are kind of worded. What's top selling PC desktop, probably a $500 Dell. True. Right. So that's, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a fair point. And, uh, let me, um, so we were talking about uh, the actual chip itself here. I'm going to throw up uh, this other graphic here. And essentially this is everything that's on this little M1 chip. We're talking the actual CPU, the GPU, the, the cache, the Ram, this neural engine, the, uh, the, the security chip, this is all crammed into this little five nanometer chip with 16 billion transistors. Again, you know, I posted that graphic up. It's, it's a little mind blowing. And what, what's interesting with this is, um, Ram wise, I mean, you can make an argument, you know, it's number wise, it's cause we're still kind of, a lot of us are still like you said, we're in the old school. We're thinking Ram chips, you know, we, we think we want more Ram to make things faster, but because this is all crammed on this one little chip, it's actually quicker because there's no, nothing in between. It's all direct communication. Everything gets equal usage of this, uh, on all it's, it's a little mind boggling still kind of uh, thinking about it and looking at it. Well, there's two different ways to look at that. Yeah. Now, obviously convenience, speed, you're going to have tightly integrated. You'd, I tried to build a C. I tried to build a Hackintosh in the past year or so before <laughs> too, I got yeah. the iMac. Yeah. Um, there's something to be said about your your time being worth money, mm-hmm. and you get up and running with Apple. You get up and running with iOS. Here's my thought, and it's not such a conspiracy theory. If you follow the right to repair movement and these other things, and Joe, you know where I'm going with this. Absolutely, they're killing Hackintoshes within the next. Yep two years and guess what uh the the switch over from intel to this chip is about two years 
So this is killing Hackintosh. This is going to kill right to repair in a way because you can't repair what you just described. No, you, you can't send it them. And and dare I say it, I don't understand how Apple is so green when every single part of their stuff is soldered and glued on and you just get a replacement. Interesting that you bring that up because I actually have a graphic uh, when it comes to this because uh, oh, it's bullshit graphic. It's one thing uh, you, you may know which one uh, that I'm talking about here, but I'll pull it up anyway so we can kind of discuss it uh, because they do claim to be a, a very green company and, and they're correct to a certain extent. Uh, let's look at you know the the packaging is 90% more recyclable, uh, zero waste, 100% recycled tin. Apparently, we're still using tin in some of the stuff. The the aluminum, um, I will agree on it, is highly recyclable. Uh, it's highly sought after by recyclers. Uh, plastic, you know, they, they're BFR, PVC, beryllium, mercury-free, all that kind of stuff. That, that, that's all fine and dandy. But like you had mentioned, Stevie, you know, this is another case of you get what you get. You got to know that kind of go into this, that uh, what you're buying, it's completely sealed up and... Um, it's very powerful, but you're not going to be able to upgrade these machines anymore. Like again, mentioned the, the idea of customizing and kind of doing your own thing on this. Those days are going to go away. This is very much an appliance. It used to be where refrigerators and other things could be 25, 30 years old, but now you're lucky if you get five years out of most of them. This is another thing. And obviously, people have to care. Like I, I hold on to this not only because I want to upgrade it and do everything with the iMac, but... I'm not at that latest and greatest. I'm at what works for me and my workflow. Yep. The wording is very unique because it's free of arsenic, but what does it have in it besides arsenic? I just picked that apart as a, as a <laughs> worker. Yep. And I'm looking at this. Why does Greenpeace keep, why aren't they not number one in every Greenpeace uh, rating? They've never been number one as far as no. I can remember. Am I off on that? No, no, you're very, very correct. And, you know, but, but, like with any kind of higher up company, like a, they focus on on the positives and steer clear of the negatives. They've always been very, very good at that. But uh, yeah, you had mentioned uh, the, the Greenpeace stuff. Yeah, I can't recall them ever even kind of being in that stratosphere at all. I just wish that the, the Apple to marketing is is very, very uh, sly. And I don't, I, listen, all computers to some degree, e-waste is a huge problem. There's it a is. documentary on YouTube where there's a big scam with e-waste too, where places are getting paid by the government or getting paid uh, as contractors and they're not doing anything. They're just shipping it off to third world countries. And it looks like just a sad, sad state of events where mm -hmm. people, so this recycling thing is just like, is it for the stockholders or do you really care what's going on? And that has me thinking as well, too, because, you know, these devices, you know, especially when we start getting down to the iPhones, I actually have an iPhone 11, is that these things are very great, very powerful, but these kind of devices, Stevie, they become very disposable. I mean, they're, they're great. We have them for maybe three, four, five years, possibly, and then chuck it and we're on to the next one. It's funny, as I get in my advanced stage, Joe, I'm almost 50 years old, I, I find myself, I really was one of those guys because I used to be a tech reviewer. I would go and buy the unlocked phones when they weren't so readily available yeah. uh, from Germany or Europe. And we're talking about no, Nokia E61s and stuff like oh, that. Oh, God, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, way back. Uh, you know, the HP 6515 that had the integrated GPS module. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get all that excitement and all that, but I've, I've reversed course with that. 
I really have. I mean, yeah. I have a Rodecaster Pro Schwarz and 7B. I got a DSLRs. But what I'm using with these things is I try, I squeeze every bit out of them. And I'm not lying to you, dude. With everything going on in the world, too, and being so hard to disconnect, my wife and I are looking for a place in the mountains. And I would go to a Nokia 3350 or a flip phone if I had a choice. <laughs> Because I do all my work in front of the computer. I have Mac. I have iMessage. I have all this stuff. Yep. Chat. When I'm here, I can work. And actually, I'd probably be more productive. And then when I'm gone, I'd be recharged and I would be more focused when I come back to my desk. And it's a very unique thing I've shifted over the past few years. You had mentioned those Nokia uh, phones. Uh, some of those had some very, especially for somebody who's into photography, a lot of those uh, mid to, to late Nokia phones are absolutely fantastic cameras. And, and then they, a lot of them still kind of hold this day. One. What was the Windows phone one? The big yellow one yes. had an amazing camera. Yeah, but. I liked, and I liked Windows phone. It had a ridiculous amount of um, megapixel. I, I can't even think of the number, but um, and maybe this is kind of the Apple mindset of mine and, and kind of coming up in my head, but that doesn't always necessarily translate to a better picture because it's all more about the actual quality of the lenses and then how, especially now with machine learning, both on the Apple and the Google side, is that we don't necessarily need these really high-end cameras because we're doing so much processing after the fact that anybody can take a good picture now with these devices. And, and that, that's been a real kind of game changer with these really small portable things that we all have in our pockets now is we can all take these amazing pictures. Yeah. And that's something with the iPad pro too. And you can take pictures with the iPad pro. Nobody <laughs> as says goofy as it looks, right? Nobody says I, it's a big viewfinder. You get older yeah. and you see what happens to your eyesight. Right. Uh, I use a, an app called switcher studio. Mm. This is why I'm talking about the iPad pro as opposed to the Mac. I use that and we can hook up nine iOS devices as cameras or screens. And then you essentially, the iPad pro is a TriCaster, mm -hmm. and everybody can see it has a clean feed out to a monitor in my gym. So my wife, it almost has a Joe Rogan type feel to it. What we try to, when we try to do those kinds of shows, um, it's hard to say, man, I going back to the Mac thing, when you're talking about CPU and GPU, I don't know if you're, a big video editing fan. I love video editing software and trying to tighten my workflow. Yep. DaVinci Resolve is something I've fallen mm. in love with over the past year, especially the free version. It's so easy to use yep. as far as power. The 17th version came out and I wonder, it has a neural engine, it has all these different things, but it's very graphical and especially, well, especially GPU intensive. Yep. So how's this new Mac with the M1 going to be optimized It'll be optimized for Final Cut Pro. Absolutely. But what's going to happen when a real memory and resource and CPU and GPU hog like DaVinci Resolve gets a hold of it? And, you know, the compatibility with the, the new OS as well. That, that's something that uh, I actually plan on holding off on. Um, I mean... When I'm when we're doing shows like this, whether it be this Termical Talk, or you know, where I'm using a browser-based kind of broadcasting system, so the, the the system doesn't really matter. But some of the stuff on the back end, like I'm recording just solely audio, um, I, I used to use GarageBand, but GarageBand was kind of a bit of a system hog, and since I, I can't upgrade the RAM on the system, it, it tended to crash a lot. So I'm actually using Audacity in the background, and that's a program that has kind of notoriously not been updated when these new OSs come out. So it's the kind of thing. It's like do I upgrade to Big Sur and risk that program not even working and then having the pain in the ass of trying to roll back to the previous uh, OS, which you can't always do, um, you know, that, that's an issue that, you know, that this stuff is becoming more powerful, but yet 
a lot of the stuff that isn't Apple, we're worried if it's going to be even supported or not. So a lot of us are kind of holding back on this and going, well, no, let's just kind of wait and see what happens for a little bit. And then maybe then, you know, we'll consider diving in. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any problem holding on to Catalina. It took me forever to upgrade. <laughs> the only reason I had Catalina was because I bought the iMac and it came pre-installed and I didn't want to bother with the downgrade from that because they switched some, they switched the EFI, mm-hmm. essentially the firmware. You can't go back, yep. they're, but they're playing a very clever game. And that turns me off a lot with Apple, but the devil, you know, <laughs> now you know why not just go with that? But I'm very interested to see my hope and prayer is that before I buy one of these, uh, you know, M1 or Apple Silicon Macs, as far as a portable Final Cut Pro for the iPad has to be around the corner because the, you're talking about crossover. Yep. If you can do iOS on a Mac, why can't you do a Mac app now on iOS? There's really no kind of reason to. And I can't remember exactly how long ago, but you actually did a, a video on your YouTube channel um, kind of selling the uh, the fact that the iPad Pro can be a legitimate computer laptop kind of re- replacement. And um, to just kind of give everybody um, a little bit uh, in on that, because I think it's a very, very, especially in the case of that device, it's a very valid uh, point in the statement to make. Yeah. I mean, the, the, what do most people do? In my test with this in the series was... What do really most people do? Everybody likes to be fancy and say, like you said about the camera, oh, I want a really good DSLR because I'm going to have a photography business. you got to be honest with yourself about what you really do. You and I are content creators. I run a business. I edit video. I do essentially need uh, to have time is money. So the quicker I can turn it around and put put videos up on YouTube with affiliate codes, it all has a domino effect. The iPad Pro presented an interesting thing because obviously I, I, number one, I hated the butterfly keyboard on the laptop and I refused to do soldered memory, soldered SSD, Thunderbolt controllers that seem to go bad when you constantly pull the plug out. Like I leave the plugs in on the iMac, so I'm not messing around with it. Yeah. My testing phase, if you look at the playlist, it was just talking about how I feel like it's laptop replacement. Then it goes from something as minor as pairing a keyboard bluetooth keyboard and a mouse like a k380 and a magic mouse too then it went to things like video editing then it was hooking up the roadcaster pro and using switcher studio to really create a joe rogan type video podcast Mm -hmm. streaming and recording uh I, i wanted to go back to it and say i spent a week using the ipad pro as my only device saying that I would have it in portrait mode as I did a show like this, saying that I would edit videos, saying I would check email, that I would do podcasts, I would do all this stuff. So I have to get to that. But for photo editing, for video editing, with photo editing with Affinity Photo and Pixelmator Photo, video editing with LumaFusion outside of Multicam, I wish they would add that. Mm-hmm. Then, it's, then it's game over. You really can use the iPad Pro for anything. Now the Magic Keyboard, iOS 14, the fact that you have trackpad support, it really does mimic that type of thing. Also, what I've liked is I already knew I was getting soldered on memory, soldered SSD. Mm-hmm. I knew I was getting, well, guess what? I was getting a better front-facing camera, webcam, than I'm getting on a laptop or an iMac. Yep. And what's interesting, too, is, uh, you know, that, that 
magic keyboard as cool and kind of overpriced as it is at least it doesn't you know there's not like was it for that mac pro it was like 300 dollars wheels that you could buy to, to kind of move it around but uh that's something we could possibly get into but yeah, i buy gym equipment for 300 dollars <laughs> right a lot longer than this well, freaking wheels on a macbook pro well, what's MacBook. so interesting with these with these ipads though is that we, we've gone from this first generation to people just saying you know it's just a big oversized ipod that you can't make phone calls on and it's kind it's really morphed into something that was just more purely to just kind of consume content movies and youtube and that kind of stuff to where now it's a full-on kind of creation device that you can you know you can do art on you can edit video on you can kind of pretty much do the what a typical computer is capable of doing it it's it's really interesting to see how that's kind of matured over the years to where uh, when i look at these new macs as cool as they are an ipad is is good for most people out there stevie yeah, we, I would always suggest you get the one with the USB port because you're going to mm. open up a whole new world of bandwidth. And the things I mentioned, like Rodecaster Pro, now you're talking about also adapters you could buy off Amazon for 30 bucks as opposed to the Apple Lightning one. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to keep plugging them and unplugging them for the SD card, for, yeah. for the USB 3, and all this different stuff. So, yeah, it's a great investment for me because, and, and I was fine with a 2018. <clears throat> iPad Pro 12.9 inch, of course, because if you're going to go that way, you're never going to be able to expand. You can't expand SSD size and you can't expand screen size. So why not just go for that? Uh, But I actually gave it to my mother-in-law a while ago and I got the 2020 because they were on a Windows machine too. They were on an Athlon. Oh, wow. Well, they still (laughs) go on the Athlon because it's what they know. But when they do the iPad, they're like, oh, my God, this is so fast and easy, and they can't break anything. Nope. That's a very good point. There's no file system to break. There's no no settings that you can go into Windows or mess around. It's just all – it's your iPhone on an iPad, so you can pick it up in five seconds and know exactly what you're getting. Mm -hmm. The iPad Pro presents an interesting thing going forward. I wonder if they are going to, to some degree, keep the same chipset, like not kill it or cannibalize it. They're not going to cannibalize it, no. but are they going to are they going to keep the twelve Z in this thing forever before they go up to a fourteen? Hmm. Like they have this. This is the M one is essentially a, a fourteen, right? It, it, it's a. I think of it like a fourteen plus or like a fourteen max or. You're still talking there. about. You're still talking about. We got a little love going on. We actually he <laughs> wants her to get off the chair. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, I want to, um, go into a little bit more detail on, on some of the stuff here. I'm going to pull up the first one that I want to kind of talk about here. The, this is, uh, the Mac mini. I don't know if you can tell by looking at this, you know, we're not really showing the back of this, but uh, to kind of give you a, a kind of an overview here, we're talking, we're looking up to 16 gigabytes of memory. So I'm assuming that that's the maximum that you can order in this thing. Cause again, uh, with this, I'm curious though, because with the Mac mini, you've always kind of been able to, uh, upgrade the Ram, uh, if possible. So I'm not sure if they've taken that away out of this. So yeah, that you can't, you can't do that. Fantastic. So this is very much <laughs> all the, I, mean, I hate to cut you off. This nope. is the chip that we saw that had the RAM is in the Mac Mini as well. Correct. Uh, up to two terabytes uh, solid state drive, which uh, that's a decent uh, amount of storage. But typically, solid state storage, especially through Apple, is very very costly. Um, you can it supports up to the the six K external XDR displays, which are also ridiculously expensive if you go into the store to try and purchase one. Uh, Thunderbolt uh, USB four, like you had mentioned there, up to sixty percent more energy efficient, which is kind of a, a vague statement 
statement uh, to make because we're not really comparing it against anything. Um, it can do iPhone and iPad apps up to three times faster CPU. I'm assuming that they're comparing that up against the previous generation of this device. Uh, secure Enclave, uh, that's a big thing that uh, Apple's been pushing lately, the uh, the security aspect of it, given a lot of the antitrust kind of stuff going on. They've been really uh, pushing that uh, in their agenda. Uh, up to six times faster graphics compared to the previous uh, device. Uh, 16 times faster than the machine learning aspect of things. Ultra compact design, which it's, it's already pretty compact. Um, didn't change the size at all. Didn't change the size at all. Uh, very quiet. Uh, I'm assuming that this has a very uh, quiet fan uh, HDMI, the, the newer uh, Wi-Fi 6, which is kind of cool. Uh, gigabit Ethernet is something that's uh, still around. No real upgrades on the hardwire situation there. So, yeah, um, a cool device. I think it's um, it's going to be coming with Big Sur already preloaded on it. Now, this is good for somebody that kind of wants to have something compact on their desk but wants to have their own monitor and keyboard and mouse and all that kind of stuff. And they kept the price down, which I think is uh, is actually kind of a cool thing. Well, they can keep the price down on that monitor and that stand, which are two separate things as well. <laughs> That's one thing I, I want to, before I go to the next one here, I want to pick your brain on the, this, the monitor and then charging separately for a stand. I don't think I've ever seen that anywhere else in the industry, Stevie. We're, we're, we're going to charge you for this extra for the stand now. Uh, that blew my mind a little bit when I first saw it because uh, actually on uh, HTM Tech, when we're still doing it as a full-on podcast, we actually did an episode where we went through and we spec'd out a Mac Pro and it's like you can buy a car for the price of this friggin' thing, right? It was like fifty four grand. I it's think, ridiculous. Like it's that. ridiculous. It's cool. It is uh, as kind of nerdy as it is. It, it was cool, but I mean, just price wise, it's ridiculous. And, and, and they charge you extra for the stand and the monitor. Like, how many people are buying a monitor and then <laughs> put it on? Like, it's just it's was, a little ridiculous. I was looking at an outbuilding to put my gym in and with right? electricity and pouring the concrete and everything. It was twenty grand. So. Yeah, the, your priorities are screwed up if you're buying those wheels. Oh, man. Let's, let's look at the secure enclave part of this. And let's look at what they term as protecting us from ourselves, actually. Mm. This is killing right to repair. This Absolutely. killing Hackintosh. That's all this is, is building more of a walled garden. I'm not saying they're wrong. They can do whatever they want. They're successful. Yep. Their stuff works. It just works. But don't. we're not going to make pretend like you're the all-caring company. You're the all-carrying trillion-dollar company with suicide nets outside Foxconn. Mm. Good job. You really care. And if for anybody that talks about any of this other stuff, by the way, you're probably wearing Nikes. You probably have an iPhone. <laughs> you have an iMac. You have something else. Everybody's yeah. guilty. Well, oh, for I'm sure. Sorry. For sure. We're all guilty. So I just want to pull up a uh, similar screen here for the uh, change subject before I really start going on <laughs> for the, um, the, the, uh, the air and uh, the, the pro. So kind of some similar things here, the unified memory architecture, which again, you know, uh, very cool, very powerful, but again, you know, not upgradable whatsoever on this kind of stuff. Three and a half times faster on the CPU, six and a half or six times on the GPU, uh, faster machine learning, neural engine, Big Sur, advanced camera ISP, which is kind of interesting. Uh, they're doing, they're, they're using the machine learning to, to try and beef up uh, the subpar um, built-in cameras and things, which I th believe are still doing 720p, which is uh, kind of lagging behind uh, the rest of the industry. 20 hours of battery life, that's a significant thing. I think that's good for uh, you know the professional on the go. That's not always going to be at home plugged in. And um, the other interesting thing too with this M1 is it's industry leading performance per watt. So they can, it's using less power but getting more power out of each one of those watts. Uh, universal apps again with the the iPad and um, 
iPhone apps that it can run as well. So kind of similar deal to the the, uh, the Mac Mini, just on, on a laptop. Apple has a trick with that battery life. You know what they usually do and how they set that parameter. <laughs> you just have to look at some of the screenshots and you have to peel the back. Of, and when you look into these things, especially with this MacBook Air, it's like 90% battery in those things. The motherboard is like literally the size of my Apple TV remote. Like the, the motherboard is ridiculously small. It's all battery in there. Well, not only that, but they're, they're gauging it by screen brightness at a point where you can't even read text. <laughs> right. The trick is they're doing the least amount of the screen takes up a lot of power. Mm-hmm. So by turning that down, you're going to extend it. Yep. Then it's Wi-Fi. So if you have a hotspot and also if you're doing anything like editing a photo, editing a video, you're not getting 20 hours out of it. No. And what's interesting too is I've in kind of preparing for this, watching a lot of stuff on online and other websites about this, a lot of people complaining that these things don't look any different. Uh, that did surprise me that, that they went that road. And I mean, with these kind of things too, Stevie, I mean, how more different can we make these things look? I mean, like you'd mentioned, we're not going to get a, uh, a touchscreen laptop from these guys anytime soon. It goes completely against their philosophy. It could potentially cannibalize the, the iPad pro and all that kind of stuff. And then, I don't know about you, I, I've owned a, a Windows laptop that had a touchscreen, and it's not very intuitive, not very useful to to try and touch on something that's vertical like that. It, it, it gets a little painful after a while when you're trying to touch like this. It just doesn't work. Um, yeah, it, it's. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if how it's going to translate over to the, the iMac now, because it's just going to... I don't, I don't see myself really kind of getting it because I mean, I already have one that's already kind of sealed up and this is going to be even kind of more of the case. It's going to have to be something really, really revolutionary and very different for me to even consider uh, spending probably upwards of $2,000 on a, on a new device. When the one that I have, you, you'd mentioned works perfectly fine for what I needed to do. Yeah. I thought the 2019 iMac and I still kind of think the 2019 iMac, the 27 inch, it's the last one you'll probably be able to open up to any extent. They're going to be yep. sealed from now on. They might lessen the bezels. When people complain about the chin or all this other thing with the iMac, it's like, really, who cares? You got a 5K screen. It's 27 inches. Right. I'd love to have target mode. So when everything dies, I'd love to use it again like you used to. But that's Apple. Apple's going to Apple. So, but I don't, I don't get it. I, if anything, make them thicker. Yeah, right. the laptop's thicker. So, see, this is the I'm I'm like debunking everything Apple's saying. I'm no, go go ahead. Hater. That's I'm, I'm glad biggest, that you are. I'm the biggest Apple user, probably. You know, that people know as far as the products I buy when I buy them. Less often than that that I used to. Mm-hmm. Not buying every everything. Like the Magic mm-hmm. Keyboard has been a six month research thing to really justify. And once I get it, I'll use it all the time. Yep. Here's the thing. If this is running like an iPad Pro, if this is going to run so cool and so quiet, why do you have a fan? Yeah, well, the, the Air is not going to have one, but the, uh, the 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 Mac Mini and the Pro are going to have a fan. The uh, the Air has actually gone completely fanless, which is, uh, I think, a little risky uh, given what it is, but, um, but yeah. Yeah, but they should all be fanless in a way because they all essentially, there's no M1 upgrades. There's no... Nope different no. chips. It's not like you're going from an i5 to an i7 or a quad core to an eight core. This is weird. Unless they just took the shells they already had 
and they realized that the MacBook Air with the fan was a waste of money because it wasn't even connected to a heat sink. Yeah. Well, what they're doing likely on uh, the Mac Mini and the the the, uh, the MacBook Pro is they're they're up in the the clock speed and they realize okay, you know these are starting to run a little hot. We're going to have to put a fan in these. So what they've done with the MacBook Air is that they've lowered the clock speed essentially on the same chip. Is what they're doing. So they're thermal throttling the MacBook Air like they always have. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I'm wondering even with the thermal throttling, what are we talking about here? Will the iPad Pro still be right there in line with these other ones mm-hmm. and truly be quiet? Might get a little warm during LumaFusion exports when you're doing, <laughs> you know, lots and all that stuff over it, but nothing to where it kills you. No. See, that's what I don't understand. I don't. What you're doing is you're saying it's completely new technology, it's completely fast, it's completely cool, completely quiet, but here's an old fan. <laughs> yeah, but but it's a very cool fan, and you know they, they have to use kind of their buzzwords. You know, it, it, it's their they're asymmetrical, so that the, every little fin is different. So we're reducing the sound. Know, the and fan <laughs> blades are curved to the <laughs> yeah uh, aluminium or whatever the hell fucking Johnny Ave Ive talks aluminium. About. It's a, I, I kind of missed that term actually. I feel like I spend more money just listening to him say that word aluminium. I feel like my bank account empties every time. You know. Briefly on that, you know, one cool thing about that, with that, and just kind of the Apple philosophy, and I know why that they always got Johnny to do it because he's got the smooth British voice, which I, I can't even attempt to to recreate. They're so good, Stevie, at making you want things that you don't necessarily need. That that's really been the secret to Apple's success is that they're able to make so many people want these devices that they maybe don't really need. The ones that they have are probably fine, but they, they just, they, they create that want and that need. I don't know if they do it so much anymore. If Johnny Ive became where Tim Cook is, if he succeeded Steve Jobs, Mm -hmm. I think that magic still would have been there Yeah, because he can sell and he can, you can see he cares Tim Cook is a logistics guy. He's a supply chain guy. He is, he has fragmented, like, like I almost need to take back all the stuff I said about Android <laughs> and fragmentation because mm. what are we seeing right now? Yep. iPhone 12, Max Pro, douche, whatever. I don't know what to, <laughs> I mean, what, what are you naming it? I mean, yep. it used to be so simple. iPhone. Yep. Let me. Steve Jobs, I know he would have never came out with a 12.9 inch iPad Pro. I yep. think that was a great move. But then again, can you name? Okay, you used to be able to say everything in the Apple lineup. Now I'm trying to remember. It's almost like Android. I'm like, yep. okay, we got a 12.9. I think we got a 10.5. We used to have a 10.5. Now we have 10.2. We had a 9.7. Is it 11 now? Oh, yeah, there's an 11. <laughs> Am I wrong? Oh, no, no, you're perfectly, you're absolutely correct. And even on the iPhone side, when you go into the site, I mean, we got the, I'm going to try and remember them all. All right. So we got, we got, we still got the iPhone iPhone 10 R we've got the iPhone 11. We've got the iPhone 11 plus, but the iPhone, iPhone 10 S 10 S 10, three tens. Right. And then three tens. And then we've got three 11s. Now we've got three or four 12s. I mean, uh, you know, we've, we even have an iPhone 12 mini now. I'm just, it, it's, it's got to create a little bit of kind of consumer confusion, but I mean, I get it. You know, they want to try and cover their bases and try and cover every price point. But I mean, even on the low end with that iPhone 12 mini, we're, we're still looking at almost a thousand dollars. I think the only one that really spoke to people really was the iPhone SE because that's when mm. I looked at with the old square design and yeah. it was, it had a processor from the, I think the iPhone 
10 something correct one yeah. of the 10 the xyz or whatever the hell it was <laughs> uh here's here's the thing though being a businessman that sells resistance band programs yep and i sell products and i even have affiliate uh models the paradox of choice makes people not make the choice yeah yeah for sure if i released uh a 6 8 10 12 14 16 20 26 week resistance band training programs you'd be like oh i mean what <laughs> <laughs> the 12 is the beginner. The 16 is when you graduate or for more advanced people. It's a bit more yeah. of a challenge. You don't have five days a week. Do the full body workout three times a week. You want <laughs> yoga? We got one yoga series. For sure. Hey, you can need a chair. We got one chair workout. That's that's even a lot to me. I'm afraid to yep. release like a power band program that might might be great, might be the most successful, but I'm afraid to confuse people. There's an art to that. Steve Jobs knew it. Tim Cook is just like, what's the stock? How many trillions do we have? How much? Oh, geez, they they just sent me another 500 million in stock options. Nice. You had just actually almost kind of segued into something. You know, I, I think maybe we'll go for another 15 minutes or so here. But uh, I may have. I only have like 10. I'm mean, I'm not cutting you off or trying to talk cool. you down. Well, before I had a call with Switcher Studios, so um, no worries. Before before we kind of wrap things up here, you had mentioned kind of um, selling some stuff here. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break uh, to hear from our friends over at CollarLoBrand.com. We'll be right back. Fall is in the air. That means pumpkin spice lattes. That means pumpkin spice everything. Ugg boots, yoga pants. God, I hope I can fit into mine this season. Scarves. And baseball tees. Hoodie! Not yet, but soon. The metal tee. No need for any cease and desist here. And hats. Stop by CollarAndElbowBrand.com today and get your fall drop immediately. It's fall, y'all. CollarAndElbowBrand.com You'll be the coolest person in Starbucks whether you're wearing yoga pants and Ugg boots or not. In fact, I like to go to Starbucks without the bottoms on all the time and just wear my Collar and Elbow Brand type shirts. I immediately get my coffee and go. All right, uh, big or sorry, I keep wanting to call myself Big Joe, but I've recently changed my name to Mighty Joe as per Jargo. He's been calling me that on his um, wrestling podcast, Destino. And uh, so you heard from our friend Al Snow. I'm still trying to picture him in Starbucks uh, wearing uh, what he had described there, and it's <laughs> it's hilarious even just the thought of it. But if you use our promo code JK Podcast at the checkout, you can get ten percent off your order there. So make sure and uh, check that out. All right, Stevie, let's uh, kind of uh, wrap things up here, and I think just to kind of overall here. What I want to get at to finish things off here is should the average consumer out there look at these and think that it's something that they need or that they want? Uh, for, for myself, I would say if you've already got something that's very capable, if you have a newer MacBook Pro or you have something, you know, 2017-ish later iMac and that kind of stuff. I think that you can kind of hold off for a little while. I think you're safe. Just kind of uh, watch and see how it all kind of unfolds. I think, you know, typically in the technology world, Stevie, being an early adopter, there's usually some issues. So I say, you know, just kind of 
watch and see what kind of what happens. And then maybe in that second or third generation, some people want, might, might want to jump ship because with this chip too, you know, a lot of developers and, and, and whatnot, I mean, a lot of the stuff is based off of the Intel stuff and, and a lot of what they're doing may not even be supported by this. So I think that people should just kind of tread carefully when it comes to this at this point. We have to be a little bit patient now, outside of the fact that if you review this stuff and you get Google AdSense checks and you can write it off or yep. In my case, I could write it off, I guess, for my business, but money to me is just money. We have to see, like, the iPad Pro is like an 18-month refresh cycle. Yep. iMacs now are like, every, this will be the last iMac that I have up until the silicone one, probably 2021. Yep. We may have an 18-month refresh cycle with these three devices. Or it might it might be ten months. They've done it before, where it's less than a year. Yep. They might stock up the chip, or there might be some adjustment they make, or some some other clock speed on it, or a new neural engine. And now you're like, oh, I paid a, I paid twelve ninety nine, and now it's worth four hundred. Yep. It's very it's very tough to say. You have two years before they completely switch from Intel to. Um, Apple silicone to from from the chipset. Yeah, just like when they made the transition before from their own stuff to the Intel, it was about a two year process. Uh, what I see what what happened with the IMAX, I'd mentioned it briefly before that XDR kind of display. What I see is them essentially taking that and cramming the Mac into it. It's going to be that kind of form factor. That's how I see them kind of going forward with the with that line of products. And again, that's going to be something where it's going to be a little painful. It's going to be probably pretty expensive, you know, hold on to what you got. If it works well for what you're doing and what you have, you're good. For what, for, for the times we're living in right now and not knowing if there's going to be a shutdown any day, I think, I think having your, your thousand dollars or 1200, even 600 with the Mac mini, unless you want to start your own online business and you want to make the adjustments necessary for opportunities in this, this new crazy world that we live in. That's something different. Uh, if it's your first Mac, that, that's also something to where if it's your first computer or first Mac, iPad Pro plus Magic Keyboard it's a and good, a monitor. It's a good choice. And uh, to, to use a, a line from your most recent YouTube video, especially these days, it's very, very uh, relevant these days, Stevie. Live within your means. Don't, don't live beyond your means. Um, you know, we're kind of nerding out with some of this kind of stuff. And I, I love talking and I love observing technology. I always have for like 30 plus years and it's cool to look at this stuff, but you can't just buy everything that, uh, you know, you set your eyes on. You, you have to kind of be realistic and live within your means. Uh, the, I love that expression. And in now more than ever, boy, does it ever apply? Yeah. Uh, thank you for watching the morning warm up. by the way. I really appreciate it. Was fantastic. It, fantastic. I appreciate it. Uh, living within your means is just, one of the other one of the topics to keep me honest like as i was doing uh the morning warm-up right afterwards when i was editing walmart had the xbox series x this was two days ago november 10th and i could have went and picked it up like they were open at six like after i edited i could have drove over yep and i was like how much do i really play my ps4 right now Mm -hmm. outside of the fact i could play nfl 2k5 on the new xbox and I don't have to have the original one That's anymore, cool, which yeah. Adam Rivera was very kind to send to me. What, what What's the price to performance ratio and how does it affect my business? I love playing video games, so don't get me wrong. I love enjoying me too. life. 
but $500, my God, okay. I mean, I could probably get a magic keyboard for $329 if I really needed something with the money. Or how can that $500 turn into $750 or $1,000 or just stay $500 if my wife or someone I love or care about needs it more than I do right now? For sure. That's, that's the real test. Yeah. I mean, uh, my gaming platform is the Nintendo Switch. I can take that uh, kind of wherever I go. Uh, I've kind of, uh, over the years, kind of simplified and and uh, doubled down kind of on the on the gaming. And I like you, I mean, PS5 and Xbox Series X, cool. Uh, but I mean, I could have this platform with all these bunch of games and never have the time to play them. So, I mean, it's, you can't just have something like that just for the kind of the sake of having it, you know, buy something you're really going to get some use out for. And especially then if you can turn around and make a profit off of something like that, you know, that's definitely a wiser purchase as opposed to just like a seven, $800 device that just sits there collecting dust. And for anybody wanting to get the iPad pro, guess what you can do? Pair a PS4 controller, that's play cool. call of duty on a, on a 120 Hertz refresh rate yep. without having to pay 500 bucks for the, you could play video games on the iPad Pro and you yep. could be very, very happy with it. Very literal game changer. All right, man. Well, I think we'll kind of wrap things up here. But before we go, um, because people uh, kind of on my platform are probably seeing you for the first time. So let everybody know kind of what uh, you're up to these days and where they can find you. Sure. Well, uh, mostly everything I'm doing on, on uh, the regular is the morning warm up, 6 a.m. Eastern time yeah. on my YouTube channel. Just search Stevie Richards. It'll come up. Uh, if you're watching it on demand or something going on on YouTube where yeah. live streams aren't really coming up as fast, go to the main page, look at the morning warm-up playlist. The newest episode will be there. Also, it's available on all audio platforms, uh, you know, anything you can think of. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash Stevie Richards. Look that up. If you want to start your own podcast, it's free. That's what I use. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Also, um, I've obviously Stevie Richards fitness for all your home fitness needs. And I just got the monster G three assembled before we mm. started recording. That's why I had to rinse off and clean and then find, find Odin. Uh, but Stevie five force USA.com more people than ever are buying home gyms and not counting on planet fitness being open for much longer or any other gym. And I uh, use the code Stevie five and you end up saving a bit of money and also supporting all the content that I create. And of course, for, for myself, you can find me at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Carl and I do Termical Talk every Monday, and then we put out the audio version on Tuesdays. And of course, I, I appear quite often on uh, the Destino uh, Pro Wrestling Podcast with Michael Jargo, and I do um, appear now on a, the Hitting the Marks no pro wrestling podcast, just a hitting the marks podcast. I'll probably end up being a regular on there. Fantastic to have those guys back. Having Rick and Jargo together, the microphone microphone has been absolutely fantastic. I love having those guys. I download that and I listen to them at work and, um, yep. And then, uh, with, uh, HTM tech, you know what? I might end up kind of doing this stuff more often. I love talking about technology, especially if it takes me away from pro wrestling a little bit. I'm kind of all for that, uh, for kind of a change of pace. So who knows? We might uh, end up making this a bit of a regular deal. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'd be great to to show people, especially freeways. Like I mentioned, uh, DaVinci Resolve. There's lots of free mm-hmm. apps out there that you can yep. you can create some. I created my my Rocky style YouTube opening when yep. I put it up there. That was on the free version of Resolve. It took nice. me about five minutes. Very very cool. Pretty cool, cool yeah. Yep. Uh, and I'm not smart at all, so you can do it. If, I can do it. <laughs> if Stevie can do it, anybody can do it. All right, man. Uh, I think that's a good way to wrap things up, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Uh-huh.